Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Youth of the Nation podcast, a podcast where we focus on talking about leadership topics, church culture, and also just culture around the world from a youth, a young perspective. Also, y'all should be hearing this podcast, for me at least, I am the new generation that everyone's talking about leading, Generation Z. And I wanted to add that at the beginning of this episode, and I'll be adding that at every episode so that we can understand that this podcast is focused on hearing how to lead the next generation from the generation that is considered the next generation. I have ideas, I have thoughts that might be different from what an older leader may say how we should lead Generation Z or lead the next generation or lead the young people of today. Also, I'll be bringing those voices in still, but also I want this podcast to also be focused on surrounding this podcast with voices that are similar to mine and also diverse from mine, being intentional with creating those spaces. So guys, I just want to thank you so much for hanging on in this podcast. This season has been crazy. We got the coronavirus, we got quarantine, we got homework, we're with our families all day. I mean, stuff is crazy right now. What I've realized in quarantine is it seems like I am working harder than I do on a normal day when I wasn't quarantined. And it's not that I didn't do work, but I'm realizing how much conversation I had with people just because I could have conversation with people. I mean, like, let's think about it. Like when you're at work, how often are you talking to the people that are around you more than you're actually doing the work that is put in front of you? Not still in time, but since a lot of us work in this ministry idea, this ministry space, we operate highly around people. And so when we see ourselves around people, what do we do? Well, we just want to be around people, right? We just want to love well. We want to do life well. And be around people well and so it's just so interesting to me that now i'm quarantined it's it's my family and it's me in my room because my room is my office and my bedroom right now so a little bit of both but man it is a crazy season that we are in and i know there's a lot of people who have fear who have anxiety about the coronavirus what's going on people who are losing jobs people who are just fearful And while Talyn and I kind of spoke to that a little bit, I also want to be super intentional with saying, hey, it's going to be okay. And I don't know if you're listening to this and you've maybe seen someone who's been affected by the coronavirus or you're fearful you're going to get the coronavirus or you got the coronavirus. This is what I want to say to you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God's got us. It was interesting. Today I was on Instagram Live. I mean, every pastor is going to Instagram Live. And Bishop T.D. Jakes, he said, I believe that God is allowing this or God is God is using this to, to remind us that we need nothing. We don't need all of this stuff that we believe we need, but we only need the true God. Only the Father is who we need. And that's what it's reminded me of. Because I think about all the distractions that I have throughout a normal week. 
all the things that I can do throughout a normal week to distract my time, to make me do something different, to feel like as if something can be changed or just all the things that I fill my time with. And then I'm looking back and now that I can't go to schools, I can't have coffee meetings, I can't do all these things, I'm realizing what's important. And that's family, family, and family. I looked back and uh, as looked back in my calendar and I had all these days where I was supposed to plan out like, hey, I'm supposed to be home this day. And then when I actually look back at those days, I wasn't actually home when I said I was going to be home. And it hurt my family so much. Why? Because I said I'd be home and then I wasn't home. What is the coronavirus made happen? Well, stay home, stay healthy is in Washington State. And so what we, we are, I would say it's a lot, but also really, really advised to stay out of homes, especially if we're not doing essential work. And what it made me realize is, man, I can do so much with the brothers. I mean, we wrestle around every day around five. You know, I can start taking naps. I can read. I can be in scripture. You know, I can record this podcast and not worry about having to go and then do something after this. It's just here. Now, I still do my work. I still work for Young Life. I still work for the church. But it's all done here at my desk. And so I think what we have to start realizing is in this coronavirus epidemic and what we're in or pandemic, this time that we're in, it is scary and it is negative and it is wild. But also, what can you do to make sure people still feel the presence of your leadership or the presence of God in your life? And maybe listen to this podcast and like, I don't believe in God. What can I encourage you? you know, now's the time where a lot of people are going to start turning to God. Let me encourage you with this. He, you are in the right space at the right time. And that he is madly in love with you and wants to be with you. And so today we're going to be talking about a bunch of different things. But first I'm going to be talking about the things that have impacted me when it comes to the corona. Virus, And then we'll go into our caption series where this episode we're going to be talking about failure or waiting. And then the leadership thought is, is it okay to fail? Question mark. And I'll be answering the question, what has been the hardest thing about failing? An instance where I really messed up failing other people. And how did I, how do I grow from failure? From a 21 year old's perspective on what failure is is so guys check up this real quick ad and then we're going to get into the episode hey what's up y'all welcome back to the youth of the nation podcast a podcast where we focus on talking about leadership topics church culture and also just culture around the world from a youth a young perspective also you also be hearing this podcast for me at least i am the new generation that everyone's talking about leading generation z and I wanted to add that at the beginning of this episode, and I'll be adding that at every episode so that we can understand that this podcast is focused on hearing how to lead the next generation from the generation that is considered the next generation. I have ideas, I have thoughts that might be different from what an older leader may say how we should lead Generation Z or lead the next generation or lead the young people of today. Also, I'll be 
bringing those voices in still, but also I want this podcast to also be focused on surrounding this podcast with voices that are similar to mine and also diverse from mine being intentional with creating those spaces. So guys, I just want to thank you so much for hanging on in this podcast. This season has been crazy. We got the coronavirus. We got quarantine. We got homework. We're with our families all day. I mean, stuff is crazy right now. What I've realized in quarantine is it seems like I am working harder than I do on a normal day when I wasn't quarantined. And it's not that I didn't do work, but I'm realizing how much conversation I had with people just because I could have conversation with people. Well, we just want to be around people, right? We just want to love well. We want to do life well and be around people well. And so it's just so interesting to me that now I'm quarantined. It's my family and it's me and my room because my room is my office and my bedroom right now. So a little bit of both, but man, it is a crazy season that we are in. And I know there's a lot of people who have fear, who have anxiety about the coronavirus, what's going on, people who are losing jobs, people who are just fearful. And while Talin and I kind of spoke to that a little bit, I also want to be super intentional with saying, hey, it's going to be okay. And I don't know if you're listening to this and you've maybe seen someone who's been affected by the coronavirus or you're fearful you're going to get the coronavirus or you got the coronavirus. This is what I want to say to you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God's got us. It was interesting. Today I was on Instagram Live. I mean, every pastor is going to Instagram Live. And Bishop T.D. Jakes, he said, I believe that God is allowing this or God is God is using this to, to remind us that we need nothing. We don't need all of this stuff that we believe we need, but we only need the true God. Only the Father is who we need. And that's what it's reminded me of. Because I think about all the distractions that I have throughout a normal week, all the things that I can do throughout a normal week to distract my time, to make me do something different, to feel like as if something can be changed or just all the things that I fill my time with. And then I'm looking back and now that I can't go to schools, I can't have coffee meetings, I can't do all these things, I'm realizing what's important. And that's family, family, and family. I looked back and uh, as looked back in my calendar and I had all these days where I was supposed to plan out like, hey, I'm supposed to be home this day. And then when I actually look back at those days, I wasn't actually home when I said I was going to be home and it hurt my family so much. Why? Because I said I'd be home and then I wasn't home. What is the coronavirus made happen? Well, stay home, stay healthy is in Washington state. And so what we, we are. I would say it's a lot, but also really, really advised to stay at our homes, especially if we're not doing essential work. And what it made me realize is, man, I can do so much with the brothers. I mean, we wrestle around every day around five. Now I can start taking naps. I can read. I can be in scripture. You know, I can record this podcast and not worry about having to go and then do something after this. It's just here. 
Now, I still do my work. I still work for Young Life. I still work for the church. But it's all done here at my desk. And so I think what we have to start realizing is in this coronavirus epidemic and what we're in or pandemic, this time that we're in, it is scary and it is negative and it is wild. But also, what can you do to make sure people still feel the presence of your leadership or the presence of God in your life? And maybe listen to this podcast and like, I don't believe in God. What can I encourage you? you know, now's the time where a lot of people are going to start turning to God. Let me encourage you with this. He, you are in the right space at the right time. And that he is madly in love with you and wants to be with you. And so today we're going to be talking about a bunch of different things. But first I'm going to be talking about the things that have impacted me when it comes to the corona virus and then we'll go into our caption series where this episode we're going to be talking about failure or waiting and then the leadership thought is is it okay to fail question mark and i'll be answering the question what has been the hardest thing about failing an instance where i really messed up failing other people and how did i how do i grow from failure from a 21 year old's perspective on what failure is so guys check up this real quick ad and then we're going to get into the episode the coronavirus has been wild i mean it's been crazy it's been scary it's been i mean it's been every adjective you can think of that's been just like wild but two of the craziest things that have happened to me are first the canceling of sports like, bro, they canceled sports. LeBron, the GOAT, was ready to take over. He was taking over. And nah, now I guess the rest. So people should be scared even more. But for me, what I feel fearful is, and where I think we need to start caring for people very well in, is where sports were canceled for high schoolers and college kids, and also having graduation canceled for high schoolers and college kids. Now, high schoolers, they haven't had their graduation canceled yet, but for me, I go to Northwest University, going to graduate this year with my BA, and I got an email the other day that said, hey, the May 9th graduation date is canceled. I was supposed to graduate college in five weeks. Five weeks from now, I was going to be walking across the stage or whatever they do it and receiving my diploma for four years of hard work. And that was stripped away from me. And I was angry. And I, w- I was just like, like, this is when I started questioning, like, God, like, what are you doing? What is your plan? Because... I mean, I, I was talking to so many people about, man, I'm going to be the first person from my family to graduate college out of high school and go the four years and finish it. Me and my, me and my brother will, but for my Burdine bloodline, like that's amazing to me. And I'm not able to do that. Now, it did get postponed later, but I don't know if I can even make that date. But having this idea of, Man, there are young people that you know that are having things stripped away from them. 
And how can we lament with them? How can we know that it's okay to grieve? It's okay to mourn over these situations where things were taken away from them. But also, how can we help people grow from this? Because I got a lot of high schoolers right now that I have to show some love to. Because they are track stars. They were baseball stars. They were fast pitch stars. And that season, especially if they're seniors, is taken away from them. Kids who were could possibly use this like last sports season to get ready to hype up their stats or whatever to get scholarships to college. They don't get that opportunity. I had a college friend who talked about, hey, I was I was literally going to wrestle in a tournament for wrestling and it got taken away from me. They were a good friend in high school and that tournament got taken away from them and so i would encourage you young leader youth pastor whatever you're doing however you're leading whoever you're leading if it's middle schoolers or high schoolers start caring for the people you know had some things taken away from them well because they're going through it they are going through it i i was actually thinking today like when i was in high school i could not think i could even fathom this idea that the sport that i love which would be track right now I couldn't do, and I was not the fastest kid, but I was all right, and to have that sport taken away from me, because I, you know, like, it, it's it's just, it's I couldn't even fathom it, and I graduated in 2016, so it's not that far ago, but I couldn't even fathom this concept that the things that I love would be taken away from me because of this virus that's going on outside or in the world, and I had to realize that it was never, it was never, it was never about, like, I mean, I guess for me, like, in high school, I just thought of these things as automatic, not realizing of how much of a privilege they were until they've been taken away from other kids and other people. And so, to me, when I say it was never about, it was really, it it, that, that, isn't even the, that, that isn't even the right phrasing for it. What I would say is that it's only about like ex- appreciating and showing uh, thankfulness for the time that you had and also the time that we're in. Because you don't know when it can be taken away from you, you know, and not resting on your laurels, but continuing to go and go get it and go for it. I think too often we we forget this we, f- we forget this simple idea, this simple idea that everything we have is a privilege, that kids are getting those privileges taken away and they've earned them. So care for those people because, man, having these things canceled is crazy because there's some people at my school who they can move to the August 15th date, whatever it was, but they some of them can't. May 9th was the only time they, they were hyping it up. They had parties planned and that stuff is taken away from them. So we got to care for the people who are going through the ringer right now of having stuff canceled. We got to care for those people well. We got to care for them well because I promise you that they're hurting. And so from that, we're going to make a transition. We're going to talk about some Instagram captions. I got some questions about failure. I'm going to pull those up. And some of these questions are really good. And some of these questions are really bad. So we're just going to pull them up. And I think what's important to know about failure is it's it's such a 
it's such a negative term, but failure is where we learn. Failure is truly where we learn. And as I think as young people, and as and I know I have middle schoolers and high schoolers listening to this, if you can't learn to fail, I've heard this before, if you can't learn to fail, you're fail to learn. And I forgot who told me this, but we have to learn, not that we intentionally set ourselves up to fail, but if we're never putting ourselves in situations where, hey, you know what, this might not go the best, then we're only setting ourselves up in situations that are comfortable and then we don't fail. So the first question I got was, what is what was your greatest failure? And I had to think about this for a second. And I was like, what is my greatest failure? I mean, being 21, when did I mess up? When did I blow it? When did I make a leadership uh, mistake? And I would say it was in my first year of like pastoring over students and leading students very well. I'd say my greatest failure was, and, and this is actually kind of interesting, right? Because you look back and you're like, ah, that's probably not a big failure. But for me, like my greatest failure was this idea that, yo, I didn't shepherd students well. I didn't shepherd students well. I looked back and and I think we have it takes it takes a lot of time to look back and see this as our greatest failure, but man, I look back and I see students nowadays who are doing the craziest things, who are having kids who are, you know, at young ages and doing this and doing these things, whatever. I'm not here to judge circumstance, but and I'm like, did we shepherd students well? I think one of the greatest failures in my life is that I, and early on, I thought that making making a great program or making something look good was more important than actually having people who truly had a relationship with Jesus. And so kids were hyped up about Jesus. Kids were like, yo, this Jesus person is super cool. But no one was really, no one was really like about it, about it. Now, and, and there were some kids who actually I spoke to a couple months ago who were really bad about it. But in majority is, did I create a culture that was actually truly about giving life and giving Christ to kids? And I didn't think I did. I didn't think I did. And so often we 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 forget that we are human and that we we can create a program, but at the end of the day, we're going to have to point people to God. We're going to have to point people to God. And I just think, I just think if we can't point people to God when we fail, or for me, at least in my biggest failure, what did I learn from that failure is that I only can point people to Jesus. And I would even say it's my own personal failure, but I also, I also set up others to fail like i set up others to fail and i think it's i think it's so interesting because we we forget that we can fail and that people can fail and so that's that i didn't even do an instagram caption for that one i just went into it second question we have is nate i am in ministry and i 
thought I couldn't fail and I messed up. What do I do? Now, <laughs> it's interesting. I, for fail, something like failure, it's so hard because a lot of people can look at me, look at young people and say, well, you haven't seen a lot of failure in your life. You haven't seen a lot of moments of dropping the ball. And I have. Maybe they haven't been as colossal, but I have. And I would say I've seen more failure on the other side, which I'm never going back to, but the side where I didn't follow Jesus and where I didn't see failure. And I think I think that's super important to understand is that I failed a lot when I didn't know Jesus. And not saying I don't fail now, but I think I also have a lot of failure now. And so I think in ministry, we too often, and I talk about this in my episode called Ministry Anxiety, but I think we too often have this idea or this realization or this understanding that we have to be perfect in ministry. What I would say is if you're scared to fail, I would say just be more honest with yourselves and with the people who are around you. Be honest about where you fail, your shortcomings, what you don't believe you can do well. And so my Instagram question for that would be, be honest, period. That's, that's one of the, the best advice that I've ever gotten as a young leader was be honest. And I was always confused. I always wanted more. I asked Andy Mignola, asked Chris Durso, like I asked all these guys like, yo, do you have advice for a young preacher in school? And they'd always say, be honest. And it was two different people who, sure, maybe they know each other, but I don't think they operated a lot in the same circles, but they were giving me the same answer. And their answer was this, be honest. And I was, I, I would get angry. I would kind of get upset. Like, what do you mean be honest? I am honest. But I think if we have this idea that we are too perfect to fail or that we can't fail in ministry, we are wrong. In practical ways, I failed in ministry is getting ready and prepped for an event that I thought was going to be huge. In reality, I wasn't really prepared for it. And it bombed. In spiritual ways, sure, maybe I, I I went up to go preach a sermon and your boy didn't pray for it. Your boy didn't prepare well for it. But since I was the preacher dude, I went up on stage and I shared it anyway. And I realized that it bombed. And actually, I wasn't feeding anyone anything. I was just I was just throwing dirt out to the crowd. Are you willing to fail? And that would be my question for that person who asked that question is, Yo, nay, I've been in ministry, you know, I feel like I, I have to be perfect. I feel like I have to operate. You know what? As leaders, yeah, we do. We are held to a higher standard, but also the grace of God and the forgiveness is still there. But I would say all failure, all growth from failure will be stunted if you can't be honest when you fail. Especially with the people who supervise you or who are lead over you. Right? Because if someone finds out or if not finds out, but, you know, if you fail and you're not saying, hey, I have anxiety, hey, I messed up, hey, I need help, then no one can help you. I love it. My dad always used to say, my parents always used to say, a closed mouth don't get fed. So if you fell or you failed, be honest with yourself and know that you have failed. But then how you can you grow from it? And I truly don't believe that we can grow from failure if we're not able to be honest first in who we are and how we have failed.
Alrighty, we got one more. And this Instagram cap caption is about, hey, I failed and I don't think I can get out of it. I don't think I can grow out of it. The people around me have really put this this weight of failure on me. I can feel the weight of being a failure. I've messed up. You know, I'm not called to this anymore. And my Instagram caption for someone who has that question or was thinking about like that is failure isn't fatal. Failure isn't fatal. I look up the scriptures and I see a God who, if I just, let's just keep it, let's just keep it a buck. If you were trying to tell the perfect story, right? The story that has no, has no mess ups, no, you know, just, just the most eloquent story, eloquent, you know what I'm saying? Like, you wouldn't tell this story that God told in the scriptures. Because if you walk through the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is a bunch of people who have failure, but it doesn't mute them from actually changing the situation that they're in. So we all know about King David. Failure doesn't get the last word, right? Uh, we go down. Uh, Mark's, John Mark's family, um, and we go down, we scroll down, um, we all develop. Failure isn't a sign that you can't cut it. And also, I would say that failure, and this has happened for me, is failure sometimes, we're trying to operate at a level that we can't handle, and this is where we fail. And the crazy thing is that if you continue to learn from your failures, you'll get to a point when you can operate at that level. But at this point, we may not be able to. You know, Paul, his terrible history is like, you know, killing Christians, and then he comes the father of the New Testament, right? And so what we have to understand is that there's many people who are listening to this podcast and say, hey, I gave my life to Jesus a couple months ago. Hey, I'm young. Hey, hey whatever. I'm this and this and that. What I can tell you is that you might think that you're unqualified in ministry now, but the gospel is so powerful, like truly so powerful, that Jesus got up a bunch of young dudes and was like, hey, yo, I'm take, I'm finna take y'all. I'm not going to get the preachers who are eloquent in what they're saying or know what they're talking about. I'm going to get a bunch of people who really don't know what they're talking about, really are just going to learn from me, really are going to be like just teenage dudes. And we're going to change the world. And that's what he did. And so I think we have to understand is that it can still transform us even after our failures. And then we'll go down to Peter, of course. He denies Christ. And he was like, hey, you finna deny me. And God's like, nah. You know, Peter, sorry. Peter's like, nah, I ain't going to deny you. I'm cool. And what happens? He failed. He failed. And so my question is, when you said you failed, you have this weight of failure and you have this weight of messing up. You have this weight of, of blowing it. But when I look at Peter, when we learn about Peter, I read this today. Peter's failure didn't exclude him for what Christ had to do. Actually, Peter goes on to become the leader of the disciples and he preaches the first evangelical message where 3,000 people get saved in Acts 2. Failure doesn't disqualify you, even if you've been following Jesus for some time. Because the crazy thing is, is Peter says, Jesus, I can't deny you. I've been with you. I know you. And he fails. And even though he's been following Jesus, you're like, hey, you should get this right. 
he fails, but he's not disqualified from the gospel mission. So what I would say for that last person is failure isn't fatal and that your story is still being written. God is still doing, that's corny, right? But Scott, God is still doing something. He's wanting to do something in your life. So this is my question and this is my, this is what I beg of you. Will you let him? Will you let him? Will you let him do that thing in your life that he's trying to do? Will you continue to let your story be written? Now I'm going to go into our leadership thought. And what I want to do is I want to read a story, a story about someone in my life. Uh, her name is Rebecca, super great friend of mine. Um, we did assignments together. We've done a lot of ministry things together. And she shares this story of, of just straight up just failure and how she learned from that. So she says, my first major failure happened this time last year. Didn't get a job I really wanted. A job that I felt God asked me to say yes to, and I was so, so sad when I didn't get it. But one of my first thoughts after the dust settled was, wow, God must love me so much and he knows me so well. This time is for us. When we're in failure or disappointment, there is always, always a chance to draw close to the Father. A rush, I love that, a rush a perfect love every time. Hmm. It happened this time last year. She really wanted a job. She didn't get it. And she she felt like she failed. Now, you know Rebecca. Well, I know Rebecca. And she loves the father. She's great at what she does. And telling kids about Jesus. And also being a teacher. I think something that's so important about what she says. Is that in our failure and in our disappointment. There's always, always a chance to draw close to the father. So I would say another reason, this is my leadership thought, a reason that your failure is not fatal is because there is a perfect God who has you, who gots you, who wants to be with you. We can't forget that young person or maybe old person. I don't know who's listening to this, but we have to keep growing. I remember I was in therapy one time. And she goes, what's your biggest fear, right? I feel like every therapist has to ask this question. What's your biggest fear? And I was like, I ain't scared of nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm gangster. <laughs> you feel me? And and no, she goes, what's your biggest fear? And I said, it's failing other people. Yeah. Well, one of my biggest fears. I want to share the other ones. Y'all don't know me like that. I said, failing other people. She said, why? I said, because... I've done it before, and I I never want someone's sadness or anger or inconvenience to be at the cost of me. And so you'll always see me trying to set up situations well, and I still fail people. And what I want to tell you is don't let your biggest fear be that you're going to fail other people. Don't let that be your biggest fear. I would say let that be your biggest, like, I'm human, like a reminder that you're human, a reminder that, hey, you're just with the rest of us, like you're just like the rest of us. We fail, we mess up, but then we get better and we grow and then we get better and we grow. I, I love Rebecca's story because it's a story of 
you f- it, it, it's it's a practical story where she she said that she believed that God had said this is the job that you're going to get that you want and it was it didn't happen we might feel like that's a practical thing too right? like a job like we can all relate to that hurt or maybe if you're a student listening to this you're you're a middle schooler or a high schooler and you're like ah i remember when i didn't get the position on the team that i wanted i failed you didn't fail it's actually a time to grow so my final thing just like i said is we have to keep growing keep growing i'm telling you if you are 13 if you're 14 if you're 18 if you're 50 if you're 60 whatever it is your story isn't done yet you are not done yet. You are going to lead someone so well and so powerfully. It's 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 going to change the world. Like it really will change the world. So guys, I thank you. I'm so honored to talk about this topic. And so Talin's been super busy. We've, our schedules have been whatever. And so uh, we're going to get back to having him on the podcast soon. Uh, but hey, you know what? We are going to have a special guest next week. And so I won't tell you who that is, but we're going to have a special guest next week. And um, in midweek, I'm going to put out a leadership quickie or a leadership thought. And it's going to be talking about simplistic or minimalistic living. Now you're like, oh, that's a buzzword. What are you going to do? But I'm going to tell you how it has helped me in my own life and also in my own spiritual life with Jesus. So I'll be talking about that midweek. So love you guys. Really appreciate you guys. We'll catch y'all next week on the Youth of the Nation podcast. Peace. Said that you will always be around Know that you won't ever let me down I know you the king, take the crown Yeah